Masika Satatai. This morning, the um, the title of the message is "Be Reasonable." Hallelujah. Be reasonable. Say to your neighbor, "Be reasonable." Hallelujah. Say it again. Be reasonable. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter three. Verse ten. It says according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. And another builds thereon. Let every man take heed how he build thereupon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let every man take heed. Hallelujah. Say to yourself, let every man take heed. Let every man take heed how he build thereupon. Hallelujah. The Bible says that there's no other foundation besides Jesus Christ on which we build our lives. Now, John said, no other foundation is the best foundation possible. It's the best foundation possible. The Bible says that you and I are building upon this foundation. Now the thing is that no matter how strong a foundation is, once you, you, you lay the foundation, you may build in a way that is not very good. So you and I are building our lives. And we, we say that we are building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that be careful. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it is possible for a house to be broken and the foundation is still standing there. As for this foundation, it cannot be moved. But depending on what you use to build upon it, that may detail how long this building will last. So this morning, as, we, as we've gathered here, you have to ask yourself, are you building to last or are you building something temporary? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you building something that is supposed to last? Or are you building something that is just temporary? 
Because when you are building something that will last, there's a way to go about it. And the, you, you have to be very careful in the choice of materials. And if you are building something that is just supposed to last two years too, that's the way you go about it. The problem is if it's not clear in your mind which kind of building you are putting up. Then you may try you may think you are building for the long term, but the materials you are using are materials that will not last. So God says, pay attention to how you are building. Because you see, how many of us here believe that we are not going to heaven? Can, I, can you lift up your hand? Let me see. You believe you are not going to heaven? So, oh, let me ask a question again because nobody is raising their hand. How many of us here believe we are not going to heaven? Okay. How many of us believe we are going to heaven? Oh, Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, let me see the hand go. I want to count. Uh, this one is like parliamentary vote. The yes have won. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. In Ghana Parliament, always the yes have won. Every time the yes have won. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you believe you are going to heaven, that means that you believe you are living your life in a way that will get you to heaven, isn't it? Is that not true? Is that not true? Yes. This morning when you woke up, you wanted to come to church and you came. You know why you are here? Because you followed a way that brings you to church. If you have gone on Instagram road, and you've headed towards to whom? Now, no matter how early you woke up and left the house, you will not be here by this time. The reason you are here at this time is because the road you followed it brings you here. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. So, if we believe we are going to heaven, then we believe that we are on a road that takes us there. Is it not true? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes we think we are on our way to heaven, but we are not. Yes, a good. I was there one day. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you die today, you will go straight to hell. The way he added the straight cry, I was surprised. 
It's like this. You won't bend anywhere. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I, I didn't have to add that straight. Going to hell is bad enough. But he said, you are going straight. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Do you know why? I, I was a pastor. Name your sofu. This is what I'm telling you, I was a pastor. It's not my secondary school days. And yeah, Mesuku sliding small small. I was a pastor. If I had died, you would have all come to my funeral. Oh, he was such a good man. He is singing with the angels. And Oh, thank God for his mercies. Amen. And do you know why that was the case? As soon as he said, I knew why he was saying that. Because there was something he had been telling me to do for some months. And I said, wait, me yet. Hallelujah. Amen. It was a heart issue. See, the heart issues are very dangerous. Because nobody can see and correct you. It's like you are angry with somebody inside. Pastor will not see. You understand? Yes. Or somebody has done you, won't, you say you, won't for, you will never forgive. Some of us, we've been saying that. Eh? Wait, me, I will never forgive him. You are trying to go to hell straight. So the heart issues are the most dangerous. Because someone, nobody can see it and point out to you that watch out where you are going is dangerous. So the Lord said, you are in rebellion. That means that what? The thing I've been telling you over and over again, you know is the right thing to do, but you don't want to do it, so you have refused. So he said, right now you have entered a state of rebellion. That's why he said, you go straight. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Should I continue? Should I continue the message? Or I should change it? So you too, what is it that God has been telling you? To do that you are not doing. Because maybe you too, he will tell you tomorrow morning that if you die today, you will go straight to hell. <laughs> but if he doesn't tell you cry, he's telling you today through me. Because maybe he has been telling you you are not listening. It's every time that God speaks that you listen. One time, when Jesus was near, God spoke. Some people said they had thunder. It means that maybe God is trying to tell you that if you die today, you will go straight to hell. By you, you thought it was the rain was about to fall in this summertime season. So maybe he's telling you, but you are not you are not hearing. Mm-hmm. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Bible says that God's desires that no one will perish. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, before God sent me that day, said that statement to me, I had been hell, hell had been coming to my mind a lot. So I thought he wanted me to preach about hell. Because I'll I'll wake up and, and hell and I'll be going around, I see hell. I go to the bookshop, I see a book on hell. So so I prepared a very nice message on hell. Because I thought that the Lord was prompting me that his people need to hear about hell. Not knowing boy, you are getting closer. You are getting closer. You are getting closer. You are about to jump in. Now, when he saw that all the he was doing, I was not getting the message. Then he spoke direct. He said, if you die today, you go straight. 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 I said, straight. It means that you won't stop anywhere to even drink water. It means the journey will be will not be a long journey. So this morning, and are not paying. We want to uh, look at a few things. Because may what happened to me never happen to you. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? That you have disobeyed God to the point where you have entered a state of rebellion. So let's please turn to Romans chapter 12. From verse 1. I beseech you, therefore. I beseech you means, uh, it's like I beg you. Hmm? I'm asking you, uh, with a certain yeah by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service hallelujah amen it is your what reasonable service it means that there's a way you live your life that heaven considers you reasonable. That you are being reasonable in relation to God. Reasonable, can I say what you mean? Reasonable. Hmm. But in this case, um, I say, that's the, that's the, that's the sense in which it's being used here. 
you, how many of us went to market yesterday? If you went to market and you bought tomatoes that's for to, to nine. and the lady gave you 30 cities no, worth of tomatoes. Now, to see tomatoes, Would you be happy? When would you consider she's being reasonable? Alright. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six. Verse twenty. do you know? What does it say? It says, For you are bought with a price. Hallelujah. Amen. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. Amen. That means that glorify God in your body and your spirit, which belong to God. Hallelujah. Amen. But it says, it begins by saying, You are bought with a price. Hallelujah. What it's saying is that. God went to market and paid for something. The price he paid was the life of his son. When he paid that price, what he was supposed to get is your whole body and spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what he paid for. Are you you following? Alright, that's what he paid for. That he will get your whole body and spirit. So the Bible says that because you were bought with a price, he must get what he paid for. So in Romans 1, it says that if you don't give him what he paid for, you are being unreasonable. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you understanding? What do you say? It says, just like when you go out to buy something, and even maybe the person is packing it into the rubber bag and left some out, you would say that they have cheated you. In the same way, it says that in the same way, God paid for your body and your spirit. So it says, they belong to him. But he has left you to decide whether you will give him what belongs to him or not. Hallelujah. Amen. Because whenever God wants to prove a man or woman, he brings into them into their hands that which belongs to him to see whether they will give it back to him or they'll keep it. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, it was God's tree. Hallelujah. Because God was the only one who could eat from that tree and not become evil. God is the only one who has the capacity to know what evil is. And yet, not change to become evil. It was not 
when Lucifer sinned that God discovered what evil was. God knows what evil is but yet he has the power to remain good. So that tree it was a tree that God put there so that when it comes to the garden and he eats from that tree Adam and Eve see him they will see that between him and them there's a difference he has so it was his tree. They were not supposed to touch it. But that is the one that one day they said that they saw that it was good to be eaten and desirable. In the same way, your life that is for God that he has paid for Perhaps you have seen that there are parts of your life that is desirable for you to keep control yourself. So there are some areas of our lives that God cannot go there. Is it not true? Is it not true? There are some things that we are doing that it doesn't matter how many times we hear in church, we will not do, we will not change. Yeah, because because that part of our life is a no-go area. God is not allowed there. The Bible says that you are being unreasonable with God. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us can see that we are being unreasonable with God? He said that is what is reasonable. Say, means, the, the, the word reasonable there in Gregory means rational. It means that if we will be our junior, eh? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. That word there, if you look in your uh, Bibles, which have rational, rational means that. When you think about it, it's the logical conclusion. Hallelujah. Amen. He says that is the logical conclusion when you consider that Jesus, his life was used to buy you. Now, who you are a native who is a bigger thief. So you, you are stealing no. from God himself. Who is a bigger thief? Why are you if you can steal from God. So are, you are, you not not worth, are you not uh, more serious than Atai? Hallelujah. Amen. You, you are stealing from God himself. Atai is stealing from human beings. When they are sleeping. God, he never sleeps. But you manage to steal from him. You and Atai, who is more serious robber. So when you curse, you see, that's why some things you shouldn't do. I mean, some things you should be careful. When somebody steals from you and you rain curses on the person, the devil is very happy. 
Because now he can go to God. He said that, Lord, Radi. <laughs> this boy, <laughs> he has stolen from you. The evidence is clear. Do you see how he cursed that guy? Give me just two days. Don't, it won't be long. I just need two days. Let me also show him that stealing from God is not a good thing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mommy, you're welcome. The first verse where it says, let every man pay attention to how you are building. Yesterday, I visited a, a certain one of my mothers and she said, look at this house next to my house. I said, all the materials used to build the house, they were stolen from other projects in the neighborhood. So it's a one house. If you enter, I said there are four-inch blocks, five-inch blocks, six-inch blocks. The roofing sheets, they are different colors. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the guy will just go around people's projects and be picking whatever he finds. Is that how you are building your life? With materials you stole from God. So the Bible says that there is a certain way you live your life that is reasonable. And heaven is assessing you to see whether are you reasonable or not? Now, so as you show, you must say, "Obey, you must say, 'Oh, oh, fatter.' So, ask yourself, 'Am I reasonable?' Am I reasonable? Hallelujah. Amen. We are in First Corinthians six, eh? Yes. Okay. Let's let's look at something because I want everybody here to go to heaven. So, me perso bibiara wa hema muhabiara ekwa. You are welcome. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 9. Know ye not, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Alright? First, it talks about the unrighteous. But when we, when one, all, most of us have removed ourselves from God. We know that we have received a gift of righteousness. So you say that I'm not part. All right. Now let's go on. Be not deceived. It means that now there's another group that there's another group that eh, deception will make them think that. They are on their way to heaven, but they are not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now he's going to address that group. Neither fornicators. Hallelujah. Amen. Fornicators. Hallelujah. Amen. We will look at this fornication in detail. But before we even go there, you see, you can think of it as the sexually immoral. Hallelujah. Amen. See, uh, many of us, many of us, a number of the young men here, you are indulging in 
different things that you shouldn't be doing. You are watching pornography. You are sleeping with one you are not married to. You are chasing other women. The Bible says that you are a fornicator and you are not going to heaven. So stop it. You are masturbating. You are masturbating. And you think that because you are not doing with another with a woman, it's okay. Jesus said that so long as you conceive it in your mind, in your imagination, he said you have you have you have done it. Now Jesus said, you think because nobody sees you, you are okay. How long will you continue in that deception? How long? So it says that be not deceived. The fact that pastor has not seen you doing that does not mean that you should be happy. You need to understand that there are many times that when it comes to such personal sin, God will not show it to your leaders early because he gives you a chance to change so that you will not suffer any public embarrassment. It is because God doesn't, know, wants, doesn't want to damage you. He wants to give you a chance to come out of it. But a day will come when that time will be exhausted. And your sin will be made public. Because you refuse to stop it. No idolaters. See, there are many idolaters in churches today. The idols we are serving are not idols of wood and stone. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there anything in your life that you would do for money or you would do for success or you would do for your career or you would do in order to get married but you will not do for God? Then there's an idol in your heart. We live in a day where many people are serving a God of success. In our culture, the typical person wants to make it. They are careful. Success will become a God. And when that God calls, you will answer more quickly than when the living God calls to you. Because that is your true master. What is it that you would do for money but you struggle to do for God? You wake up in the morning, go to work, so you will not be late. 
you can't come to church on time. Who's your God? Who's your God? Why are you deceiving yourself? Is it not clear to you who your God is? Your God is the one that you obey. So there are Christian idol, idol worshippers in church today. Just as Hallelujah. Amen. No adulteress. You see, who is an adulterer? An adulterer is somebody who is covetous. Because he wants what somebody else has. So Hallelujah. Amen. He's not happy with his wife. He somebody's wife. Or he wants some the woman that somebody else is going to marry. And now I know I know a young lady when she got married, she was working somewhere, and one of the big men there was trying to uh, uh, make some moves. And she said, oh, I'm a married woman. I say my worry. He said, "It is the married woman that I like." I say, "My worry for na me dey me me pe." There are men like that. You were men maybe tsa. Enko for yirenum na ne nichi. So the adulterer is not happy with what he has. See, ojama mo for na ne nyi niya owo hu. But he's always complaining, and he wants what the other person has. Ne ma bribi a obo subo se niya ubi fufro wano. Have you been complaining about your life? That you look at your life and you want what somebody else has. You may not have committed sexual immorality, that you have fallen into the same class as an adulterer. Because you are not happy with the life God has given you. And and you are looking over the fence. You want somebody's life. You wish you were that person. You are no different from an adulterer. I think this message, I will end it early. Because the atmosphere... He says, no, effeminate. Effeminate is men who behave like women. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Or I should go further. Should I go deeper than that? Men who think they are women. And therefore, they caught the attention of other men. Hallelujah. Amen. What does that represent? That represents abuse. Abuse of purpose. Are you living the purpose for which God brought you into this world? Hallelujah. Amen. Or are you going your own way? Doing your own thing. Seeking to satisfy yourself. People in life just want to live a good life. That 
Life is more than that. Because the reason you are here is because there's a purpose for which God sent you. Don't exchange that purpose for something that hasn't have lasting value. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the next group he says is what? Abusers of themselves and kind. My Bible says Sodomites. So it's talking about who, who are the Sodomites? The Sodomites were the men who wanted to have sex with other men. So the effeminate is the men who are behaving like women. Do you understand? So the Bible is taking the trouble to actually make a distinction into the two. Hallelujah. Amen. We must inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. We can't we can't we can't say we are following Christ and miss the way and end up in hell. Are you understanding? What you are let us stop playing games. This is not a game. It's a matter of life and death. We must wake up and say sorry and get serious about making it to heaven. Let's please go to March chapter 9. I've been preaching this to my children and they are even when I, when I, when I mention March chapter 9 they're like oh, we have heard this so many times. Look at my face. Look at my face. Look at my face. You are one of those who have been saying that. Are they not you? From verse 43. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. Hallelujah. Amen. He thought it was only uh, people in the Middle East who cut hands off. Jesus is saying that if because of your hand you see that you will not make it to heaven, he said what? Cut it off. Yes, he says. Don't let somebody cut Cut it off. Mommy, is that making sense? Why is it? Why is it saying that? It says, for it is better for you to enter into life maimed. To enter into life means that you go where God is, because God is the source of life. Hallelujah. He's talking about making it to heaven. He said, it is better to go to heaven missing a hand or two. Then with two hands to go into hell, what will use will your two hands be to you in hell? You can't fetch water to quench the fire. Into the fire that shall not be quenched. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 44. Where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. What is very interesting in this passage, from verse 43 to um, uh, 48, is that Jesus keeps repeating himself. Uh, uh, if you notice... You, I don't think there's any other teaching Jesus did where he repeated himself like this one. 
Because in verse 3, he already mentioned that the fire is not quenched. And then in verse 4, he says it again. The fire is not quenched. And he says, their worm dies not. What is he saying? It means that in hell, everybody has their own worms that are eating you up. Hallelujah. Everybody, you have your own worm. But that worm, the fire does not kill it. And as the worm is eating you up, the fire too is burning you. And the fire too, it never goes out. And the reason Jesus repeats himself three times it's because he doesn't want anybody to go there. Because he said this place was not made for you. It was made for Satan. So it is a place of incredible pain. Because it was designed for the devil himself. So he said that whatever you must do to make sure you don't go there, do it. Yeah. When he says cut off your hand, what he wants you to understand is that whatever it takes to make you avoid hell, do it. Whatever it takes. Have you gone far enough? How far have you gone to keep yourself from hell? You tried once, tried to stop that thing and and and, and it's like, oh, I can't stop. And you, you, you just allow yourself to continue. You haven't tried hard enough. You haven't tried hard enough. In the book of Hebrews, it says that, have you resisted sin to the point where you shed your blood? Hallelujah. Amen. It says, have you resisted sin? It means that God's expectation is that if it comes to sin, you resist sin to the point where even if your blood must flow, your blood will flow. If you haven't come to that point of seriousness, then you're not serious about dealing with sin in your life and avoiding hell. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's please continue. Verse 46, it says, And if thy foot offend thee, Cut it off. For it is better for you to enter hot. Hot means that you're, you're not working well. Into life than having two feet to enter into hell. Into the fire that is not quenched. Then he says it again, 46. Where the worm, where the worm dies not. And the fire is not quenched. It's like, why is Jesus repeating himself so much? Then he continues, 47. And if your eye offend thee, pluck it out. For it is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye. Than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where the worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. Hallelujah. Amen. I asked my, one of my children, what, 
what literary tool is Jesus he said she's using a literary tool called repetition. repetition. He said, and she said it is for emphasis. So so there's a school fees now Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So it says Jesus is repeating himself for what? Emphasis so that you don't miss the point. So yes, we see the so Hallelujah. And within each repetition, he's repeating himself within it's like a double cycle of repetition. To make sure that you will get it. Hallelujah. How determined are you to do what it takes to make it to heaven? Let's please rise to our feet and begin to pray. Unless you, you, you are not, uh, if you are not feeling well, you can sit. Otherwise, those of us who are feeling strong, let's let's stand and begin to pray. Begin to talk to God. You know the issues of your life. You know, well, the, you know the areas that you are struggling. You know where your heart has been deceiving you. You know where you are not looking at things well. You know the things that you are not allowing God to do. Praise the Lord. Save me from myself. And the deception of my own ways. Lord, save me from myself. Save me from myself. Help me to see clearly what matters to see clearly what matters and to pay attention to what you have said in your word that you have repeated so much because the question is that if God were to assess us today, how many of us would qualify to enter heaven? How many of us? How many of us? How many of us? But if we are in church, we must all be able to make it. There's no reason why we should be in church and we don't make it. You see, people are very concerned about making it in this life. But they are not so concerned about making it to heaven. That must become your greater concern. That must become the thing you are pursuing. That must become the thing that you are seeking after. Because you understand you must enter into life. Because death and destruction is not an option for you. So even the apostle Paul said, he said, I keep my body under control. So that after I preach to all these people, me myself, I will not be rejected. If Apostle Paul had to keep a watch on himself, then what about you and me? This morning, talk to God. He's the only one who can help us. He's the only one who can help us. He's the only one who can help us. He knows our heart. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows every heart present here. He knows. He knows. This morning, don't allow deceptions of the world. 
the things which have no value. Don't be like Esau. The Bible calls Esau a fornicator. And it's not, we are not told that he committed sexual immorality. One of the things he's talking about is that Esau traded that which had lasting value. And he gave it up for that which had one day, one day value. And this is sign. He ate food. That by the next day, it will pass out. Most of it will pass out. And he took that food. And he gave up his, his eternal inheritance. Maybe you have also made such a similar exchange. And the Bible says that you are a fornicator. Even though you have not committed sexual morality. And the Bible says that fornicators have no place of inheritance in the kingdom of God. Talk to the Lord this morning. For his mercy is abundant. Oh Lord. The great God Jehovah is merciful. He is merciful. He will show mercy. So call unto him and ask him to show you mercy. To save you from yourself. And to us from deception. That we may enter into life. That we may enter into life. We may enter into life. Enter into life. If you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus. Please lift up your right hand and let me see you. If you are not born again, or you are not sure, maybe you've been going to church for years, maybe since you were a child, but you have never really made a commitment to serve Jesus. You have never had the assurance that you are saved. You can join me here at the front so that you can receive the free gift of salvation that is in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, if you realize that you have you have backslid a bit, it's time to make a new commitment to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me for sliding away from you. Forgive me for seeking other things. Forgive me for not putting you first. Lord, I pray that you restore me this morning. May my heart and my desire for you be restored. Let the fire of your passion, Lord, be implanted in my heart. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We are grateful for your grace and your mercy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's please take our seats. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. This life that we have been called to live, it has to do with giving God his portion. Hallelujah. It's giving God his portion. Giving God his, every day giving God his portion. Hallelujah. And a critical part of God's portion is your body. <laughs> 